prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and Peter and we'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. First up on the show, we're going to be speaking with the Honourable John Dowd, um, AOQC, and he is the President of the Community Justice Coalition. Um... John will be speaking with us about a recent Prisoner Education Innovations Forum. And just to quote from their media release, new methods of delivering prisoner education with the use of technology and e-learning platforms were presented at a public forum at New South Wales Parliament next, um, on the Wednesday, 26th September. Corrective Services New South Wales Opposition and Green Shadow Ministers Guy Zangari and David Shoebridge, as well as the New South Wales Teachers Federation, will share the platform. And that was a quote from the Community Justice Coalition President, who will be on shortly. I've just tweaked the media release a little bit, given that it's already passed. Um, and so I was just using past tense there. But anyway, I'll speak with John shortly about this situation and we're going to have a look at what's happening with education for um, prisoners. After that we'll be speaking with with Marianne McKay and she'll be speaking about Aboriginal um, issues and looking at uh, Survival Day and having a look at changing the issues around changing the date. And then after that we'll be speaking with Vicky Roach about sovereignty. So, yeah, um, here's to um, John coming up now to give a report back on the parliamentary um, forum. Hello, John. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on and uh, for your radio station for continuing interest in uh, uh, rehabilitation and uh, uh, improving the rates of recidivism. Absolutely. Indeed. Um, you're in good company here. So, John, I'm wondering if you could just talk about the, the, the public forum and give a little bit about, of a report back about what's happened and discuss some of the background issues there. Sure. Um, the uh, representatives or deputy uh, commissioner of the corrective services uh, spoke on the programs that are now being uh, uh, carried out uh, the government wasn't represented, um, and the, the problem is the government made a decision uh, a year or so ago to take out the qualified teachers and uh, to get an organisation, uh, which is BSI, admitted, uh, which is training in maths and uh, numeracy, maths and uh, literacy, uh, but they're not qualified teachers. That's no fault of BSIL. Uh, It is a fault of the government, which didn't specify qualified teachers, but 
trainers who obviously don't have the same education level and uh, training skills. Uh, it was also addressed by the opposition and the Greens representative and the Teachers' Federation uh, uh, and uh, Professor Jedediah, sorry, lecturer Jedediah Evans of the Australian Catholic University who spoke on a program which is carried on in Victoria called Inside Outside. Uh, it follows an idea, I don't, don't know which came first, yeah. which is carried out in Arizona in the United States whereby university students from outside the prison system take a course with prison prisoners inside the prison um, and interact with them and so on. Uh, the aim being to change the attitude and culture towards learning because uh, increases in learning mean people are less likely to come back into the prison system. Right, and, and they're not doing that in Australia, obviously. No, well, as I say, they're doing it in Victoria. Um, now, what we're doing in New South Wales is we're progressing down the route of computers. Uh, there are computers in cells in two uh, recent prisons. I may have spoken to you yep. last year about these, but yep. uh, they are uh, rapid build dormitory style prisons, but they do have computers within them and they are computers of a limited function uh, which can take educational programs as well as allowing uh, reactions between prisoners and their families, which are very important. But that's only in two prisons, uh, which is only 800 people out of our uh, population of 13,500. Yeah, that's not much, is it? And yes, listeners may recall that we did interview um, John quite extensively on computers in prisons, didn't we, last year sometime, I believe? Yeah. Yes. And uh, I appreciate your keeping your interest in the issue. Absolutely. And, and John, so what happened at the forum? Like, were there any recommendations made in Parliament last week? Has there any, been any progress? Uh, well, well the, there were two um, uh, resolutions carried uh, without dissent. Um, by, the first was to uh, employ qualified teachers skilled in education um, to in the prison system uh, to give a broad general education. The second is to take learning beyond just language literacy and numeracy to general education, taking into account music and art. It doesn't matter what you learn, all learning generates a change in atmosphere, uh, which uh, means that there will be an a, a culture of learning uh, which is necessary to motivate people to get skills. Um, if I can say that most people are conscious of the cost of building prisons, they do not take into account the cost to the police, to hospitals and the ju justice system of people who go back in to commit further offences. We have almost one in two of people that come out of the prison go back in.
Yeah. And the more educated they are, the less likely they are to go back in because they're more likely to get a job and more likely to be the sort of person that people would want to employ. That's exactly right, and, and we certainly need communities, not prisons. So with the forum... And, and, yeah. and, go on. The, what happened with the forum is that there was a lot of interchange of ideas and yep. discussion, Thank and you. people kept staying on after the end of it, discussing oh. various things with various people. Uh, so... Um, there's no doubt that corrective services is moving in the right direction in terms of computers. Uh, it's not as fast as we would like, uh, but they are moving in that direction. And uh, uh, the government obviously is concerned that the public would say, well, why should these people have computers? The answer is we don't want them committing further offences. This is ultimately for the protection of the public because educated people are more likely to get employment, earning their way and fitting back into the community. Absolutely. And in fact, shouldn't New South Wales also be doing the inside out and learning together co-learning programs in Victoria and internationally? Because I think I did interview well, some people about that in Victoria, um, for Victoria last year too. Yes, well, uh, I introduced Dr Jedediah Evans to um, Assistant Commissioner Anne-Marie Martin um, and I uh, encouraged her to look at the Victorian system and indeed I'm sure that universities would be interested in doing this because there's no doubt that contact between with normal students who are not the people who've been convicted uh, with former convicts um, former convicted people uh, will in fact uh, enable them to change their attitude towards learning and uh, it will make their life in their period of prisons more tolerable. It's very true and you know it'd be great for people to be qualified um, when they get out. You were mentioning also um, that there there is a rollout of computers in cells and I believe, um, just for listeners' benefit, the new prisons are, are Cessnock and Wellington. Is that right? Yes. Yes, they're the two um, dormitory-style prisons. Uh, we of the uh, Community Justice Coalition don't believe or don't agree uh, with uh, dormitory-style prisons, uh, but nevertheless, uh, the benefit... There are some benefits from the way they've been designed and uh, the computers are there and also telephone access to relatives, which we think is terribly important. Absolutely. And, and all of these were discussed at the forum, obviously? Yes, they were. So what happens now? What's, what's the next step? Well, um, we will um, arrange to see the minister been a minister involved, uh, Mr David Elliott, um, and encourage him uh, on both of the motions that were passed uh, to uh, be more progressive. We know the Premier is interested in um, computers in cells. She has indicated that in reply to uh, a letter that we wrote, and um, we want to continue the government down this route. 
That's fantastic. And I really, I was, th- you know, I have a vision actually of, of prisoners being able to do university courses in prison. Do you think that's yes. possible? Yes. Well, what's happening in Victoria at a few prisons is this inside out. And uh, I think if you see the success of those, and Dr. Jedediah Evans is going down there to um, uh, help to look at those, to help them to be implemented. And uh, I think that tertiary education uh, for some prisoners, not all prisoners, some yeah. prisoners' uh, learning level and intellectual level is not suitable for that. But for the more we can get into normal learning, uh, the whole range of normal learning, including universities, the more likely they are to fit into the community and not resort to crime. Absolutely. So I'm really hoping that um, that, that corrective services in New South Wales um, has, has gets an inquiry happening here. Yep. I hope it happens. Look, John, thank you so much for coming onto the program. I believe it's a long weekend over in New South Wales. Um, yes, this is our uh, eight-hour weekend, uh, but um, when when you're retired, uh, every day is a working day. Oh, we, we never retire, really, from activism, do we? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Thank you again. Thanks a lot. Okay, right, bye. bye-bye. Bye. And that was um, John Dowd, who is Q, the QC and also the president of the Community Justice Coalition in New South Wales, speaking about a, um, a parliamentary forum. Um, and I'm hoping that we can actually get more education in prisons and more computers. Um, next up, we'll be, after a little break, um, and it's a song possibly, we'll be speaking with Marianne McKay, hopefully, um, about Indigenous things. Um, actually, I'll put an announcement on first, I beg your pardon, and then um, I'll go into a song. As Prime Minister of Australia, I am sorry. On behalf of We're coming live to you from the Aboriginal Ten Embassy in Canberra as part of the Sorry Day Convergence. And here comes Gilla. How you going, Gilla? How's it going, Gab? How's it going, uh, all you listeners down Melbourne? And you're missing a great time up here and uh, a great day. Subscribe to your award-winning independent community radio station, bringing you coverage of community issues and events. We need your support. Call 9419-8377 and subscribe today. We can't face the future now. I feel hopeful, I feel grateful, I feel sorry. As an Aboriginal person, let me shake your hand. Thanks very much for being here today. Thank you very much. No worries. And you're back with the Doing Time show and I didn't get time to play Kev Carmody, but we'll play that later because we have our next interview. We have Marianne McKay. Hello, Marianne. Hey, sis. How you going? Great to have you. <laughs> yeah, and listeners <laughs> yeah, may, no, me may recall that Marianne was in Melbourne um, and did a great show with us um, some weeks ago now about 
this, this, this sustainability conference and a lot of um, things happening there with the with elders. So, Marianne, hit us with it. What's what's your topic today? You said you wanted to talk about um, changing the date and survival day. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I um, we've just started planning. Like over in WA here, um, we got sister girl Karina Abraham. Um, she's one of our deadly warriors, um, and she has chronic disease and is going blind and has an electric scooter and all, you know, but she still is just as active as me, you know. Yeah. Um, and so um, we've she set up an Invasion Day page um, rally um, yesterday, I think it was. So we'll be starting to organise it. And what we wanted to look at was focusing on change the date, but looking at it in a way of celebrating our cultural survival rather than... Um, you know, coming across as protesters all the time because yep. I'm sick of being labelled like that. Like, yeah, we get out and we protest, but that's what we've been. Um, that's a word that's been instilled in us. When when you really look at what we're doing, we're just upholding our cultural obligations under law as we have done since the beginning of time. So, um, I think that the government really need to look at what it is, what message we are sending, and instead of creating stupid positions like Indigenous envoys with backwards people like Tony Abbott, the ex-Prime Minister, they should be looking at the people on the ground that are giving messages, like we're giving them the information that they need to know how to work with our people and what our people want, but the government just aren't listening, you know, and it's like you get to the people on the ground, like look at the wicked work war do in Melbourne, you know, and I don't understand why the government haven't gotten on the ground properly and talked to the people, you know, like it's... It's just really frustrating. <laughs> Look, it really yeah. is, isn't it? There's just so much mm, going on. Yeah. There, you know, there's all this stuff going on with treaty and, you know, all the sovereignty stuff um, that hasn't been acknowledged, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's right. And, you know, like when I talk about treaty, I talk about there has to be some kind of agreement reached because we can't send everyone back home on the first fleet, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about over 200 years ago and we've got a civilization here that's not going anywhere unless there was a natural disaster to take away all the buildings. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't mean treaty in the sense of what the government promote treaty because you can't treaty with an illegal government. Like, all they have is territorial sovereignty, which is just control of the borders because they have an army. They that's have it. a police force. Yep. They don't have absolute sovereignty to treaty with us in the first place under the international interpretation of what a treaty is, you know? Yeah. No, it, it's true. Mm. It's true. And... Yeah. I think... But we have to come to some sort of agreement to coexist. Like well, that's, that's exactly the, right. That's the reality of it. You know, so... We want our culture, you know, like, and I know I say we, 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 you know, but Aboriginal people right around the country, we all diverse. And you got mobs like um, in Arnhem Land, for instance, where they're not interested in Aboriginal politics because the government doesn't affect their traditional way of life. So they're not worried about coming on board as a nation. Do you know what I mean? So what the government has to understand is that all Aboriginal nations around the country want different things in regards to our cultural survival and our identity and things. So they can't just come to one national agreement. They have to have individual agreements with over 500 nations around this country because we're all different and diverse. And what us mob need, you know, in the city is different to what those mob that are still on their traditional homelands with no civilisation around them want, you know? And that's what the government need to be looking at and targeting is what the individual nations want because we don't want one thing as a whole. As a nation, we can work together to say we want our existence recognised properly the way that we want it, you know, with our, our sovereignty fully recognised and 
implemented within their system or we create a whole new system where our sovereignty is on top because we are the law of the land. So they need to remember that they're supposed to come under us, not the other way around. That's exactly right, and that's a really good... Look, this is all stuff that isn't really discussed in mainstream media, and, you know, all mainstream media seems to talk about is, is changing the date, changing the date, but they don't actually say why. Can you tell... Can you clarify that for us, sis? Talk about... Yeah, so what we're trying to get across with the whole change of date campaign is the fact that um, there needs to be a discussion yeah. around why do these blackfellas want the date changed? What's going on? This is our National Day of Celebration. There must be some reason for it. What? And people should be getting out there and educating themselves. And it's like, well, would you want a National Day of Celebration on the day that your people, you know, a massacre and genocidal regime existed, like started yeah. and began? Like, if we're truly going to walk forward as, you know, a, a proper nation you know, supporting Aboriginal people in this country, well, they need to be mindful of why we don't want to celebrate a National Day of Celebration on that day. Like, we are not a nation. They stole this country and they're illegally occupying it. There is no reason to celebrate anything at the moment. They need to, you know, create something, you know? So we need to be able to develop some sort of agreement with all the nations across this country so then we can actually develop a National Day of Celebration. Because at the moment, there is nothing to celebrate. We are living under a genocidal regime. They're illegally occupying our land. They continue to steal it. They continue to forcibly remove our children instead of providing support to families. Our people are still dying in custody. Our youth are being terrorised by the police who are supposed to uphold and protect the public. And we are the public. But they're persecuting us in every single thing. Education, health, life, culture, language, our whole identity and existence. There is nothing that is positive about the way that government works with Aboriginal people. Like, there's nothing. And I can't think of one. You know what I mean? Like, people will sit there and they'll say, oh, you get welfare, you get this, you get that. And it's like, well, hang on. I don't get welfare. You're paying me rent for occupying my land. I'm your landlord, so you better recognise and check yourself. You know? So at the end of the day, they say, oh, we brought a better life. We brought this. And it's like, well, hang on. Let's skip back 200 over 200 years. Our people had a beautiful existence. You had intertribal conflicts. That's just human nature. No one gets along in 100% bliss. Like, that's just human nature. But our people had that governance structure that kept everyone in line. Our law was very strong. And we respected our land, our culture, and our elders and, and our governance structures. So then you flip forward to a couple of hundred years. What's going on now? Aboriginal people are persecuted everywhere. Our people are dying. Our children are being removed. There's nothing positive except for our culture. And the only positive things that are happening in Aboriginal communities are things that the communities are doing themselves. They're not as a direct result of a government intervention of some sort, you know? Exactly. And, and, and I think one of the things that's important as well is that I don't like the way that, that people go on about that, how Aboriginal people get welfare, because that's really racist. It is. It's racist. It is. And, pe- and, yeah, and it's accepted all over Facebook. What? You know, like, yeah, like, you report, right? You get on Facebook and you report shit, right? Racist shit and that there. And that Facebook will just come back, oh, sorry, we understand you don't like it, but it doesn't breach our community standards. And it's like, well, what are your community standards? So you support racism is what you're saying. 
No, you know? I don't like Facebook. Yet I stay I've away been, from it, to be honest. I've been reported, sis. Oi, my Facebook profile and everything when I was going through all that stuff with Sam Cook and closure of communities yeah. and everything, yeah. she really, really bullied me and committed a lot of lateral violence yeah. that a lot of people didn't see. And not just me. There was a lot of people around this country, right around this country. You know, and I had photos reported of my kids in their bathers with us having family days at the beach for nudity. And uh, it's like, what the, like yeah, I was just about yeah. to swear then, but what is wrong with people? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, yeah. like my nan would say, oh, you stinking cow, you know, because she didn't swear. <laughs> but <laughs> she'd say all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's like you, you've got this social media platform, but they aren't operating under the laws that are supposed to protect us in this country. That's exactly you know? right. And it's like, well, hang on. They've got racial vilification laws. They've got racial discrimination laws. Yet our own government suspended an act that was supposed to protect our people to implement the Northern Territory intervention. Look, so, the, the, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's, it's hard. It's backward. It, yeah. it is and very really backward. it's really frustrating, eh? It's very mm. backward and it's, you know, the way I see it, you know, the veterans get a pension, people with disabilities get a pension, and Aboriginal people need to get welfare because they're disadvantaged. You know, that's right. You're from this. These are like people that are most vulnerable, the min- the minorities, and Aboriginal people need to be seen as marginalised. Having said that, though, um, Marianne, one of the things that I find really unacceptable, okay, as a radio broadcaster, is when people say, "Oh, but." A lot of Aboriginal people, they're not educated. They all drink. It's disgusting, and they do it even now, and there's so many people have got university degrees. You know, you've got people in Parliament now that are Aboriginal, and people, you know, like it's just so racist. You know what? I see more Wadlers, which is our word for um, non-Aboriginal, really is nyaranya is the actual correct term, but Wadlers is like pig Latin from white fellas, Wadjabalas, you know? So Wadlers. Um, and so... I see more of them out drinking. Like, their pubs are packed yeah. all the time. You know, they all drinking after work. They sitting back with their bottles of red wine. You know what I mean? They all sitting in the pubs and that. But because that's socially acceptable, they're not doing anything wrong because in the eyes of the Western system, if you want to drink or act in that kind of way, you should be in a pub or you should be in the comfort of your own home. Whereas Aboriginal people are outdoors people. We don't want to be locked up in a house. Regardless of what we're doing, whether exactly. we're drinking, whether we're hanging out with our families, you know, whether we're engaging in culture, like we are outdoors people. We come from the bush. We live the bush. Like the land is us. We are the land. You Absolutely. Know? Who wants to sit in a boxed up thing? Like I'm at uni at the moment. I'm just on a break in between lectures because it's a three hour one. So we have like a 10 minute break in between mm. each. And um, yeah, and like it's poxy. Like I hate sitting in these big lecture theatres. Like I wish we could sit outside. I know, and have our so. lectures, you know, put up a big sheet between a couple of trees or something with the projector. It'd be awesome. But, yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah, it, you know, and, and that's the kind of focus. When I get my law degree and I'm a lawyer, I'm going to have, like, a, a fireplace in that. Absolutely. You know, like, I'm not going to have my mob sitting in the office with a computer. Like, we'll be sitting around the fire having a yarn, you know? Uh, yeah, see, so yeah. it will be very amazing. It's approximately 4.27. Now, we've got about three minutes before our next interview, but just so very quickly, Marianne, because um, for you, useful for listeners, can you just tell us what land you're from, just so listeners know your, your land? Oh, I'm a Nyunga Yorga. So um, I come from the southwest of WA. We have 14 Nyunga nations, and my bloodline runs through every single one of them, but my direct bloodline connections are what you call Wajak, but it's actually Wajari. 
but it's Wajak country and Minang country down south. So and Ewart. So they're my direct bloodline connections through my nans and pops. And then the other 14 nations are my extended bloodline. So I run through the whole lot and my bloodline goes right up past Sharks Bay um, on my great-grandmother's side. So we go up to Yamaji country as well. Marianne, you're a breath of fresh air. Um, let's keep in touch. Oh, of course, sis. And thanks for having me on again, eh? And thanks, everyone, you know, like for listening and allowing me to have this space. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll be, we'll be having you on again very soon. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. No worries, sis. I'll get back into this lecture now. Bye, sis. Bye. 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 All right, then. Okay, see you. See you. And that was Marianne McKay, um, Aboriginal activist um, from WA, speaking about um, some, some issues in regards to Invasion Day and, and a lot more. And if you're interested in listening or you missed out, um, um, there's a podcast that you can access after the show. And you're back with the Doing Time show. And we've got Vicky Roach on the line, um, who's a wonderful poet and has done a lot of um, really good stuff um, in, in terms of activist stuff in, um, in New South Wales. Hello, Vicky. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Great to have you. Now, Vicky, you're on air, <laughs> and I'm wondering if we can just have a, if, if it's okay with you, a little bit of a discussion um, just about what's, how you're feeling about um, the sovereignty, and that's a very broad term, I know, but talk about what you feel comfortable talking about. Well, look, I think sovereignty is exactly the conversation we've got to be having right now especially with all this talk of treaty about. Yep. Um, and while I don't place a lot of store in, in any kind of treaties or or what have you, until the question of sovereignty is absolutely set in stone. Um, you know, our, our sovereignty has to be recognised before any kind of talks like this can move forward. Yep. And and I don't think that can be done at a state level. Um, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, a state government is not a sovereign entity. So how can it enter into a treaty process with a sovereign entity, um, especially when the federal government can just kind of veto it? So to benefit listeners, to, to sort of explain to listeners a little bit, what is sovereignty? Sovereignty is, well, the way I say it, is um, not so much an ownership, but a first placement. Yeah. Um, we are the sovereigns of, of this land, and that we existed before any other body came here, um, which kind of determined our sovereignty. And that's what has to be recognised and um, before any treaty movement yeah. can go forward. It's um, in, yeah, that's good. It's it's interesting because you were talking before about the state government not having what did you what was the word you used, Vicky? Well it um actually I can't remember. It, but the, it doesn't have oh. oh, it's just stuffed up. 
My goodness gracious. Um, we've had a few technical difficulties and I'm just going to... The Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne is continuing its Stop Failing Our Kids campaign until this year's Victorian state election. We're asking people to sign an online petition and to send postcards to Premier Daniel Andrews, calling for his government to abandon plans to build a $288 million youth prison at Cherry Creek. We want that money directed to culturally appropriate programs to address the underpinning issues rather than incarcerating children. For more information and to sign the petition, visit Istra Melbourne's Facebook page. Postcards are available at 3CR and locations listed at istramelbourne.com. Premier, it's time your government stopped failing the kids. Istra Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. 3CR are selling kefir Palestinian scarves in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine. All profits will be donated to the reconstruction efforts in Gaza and support Palestinian industry. These are traditional scarves available in red and black, or you can choose from a modern design. Go to 3cr.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. Vicky. Yes. There's not well, much well, luck for having you on the show, isn't it? Huh? I don't know. It's like the, someone's trying to stop you, eh? <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking in the break. <laughs> that's all right. So we were talking about sovereignty and we've still got time. Um, but you were, you were saying that it's, it's, not, it's an illegal government, basically. That's really what you're saying, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Go on. It, it, it has to be two recognised sovereign, two recognised sovereign entities. Each has to recognise the other's sovereignty, which we don't. Yeah. Um, the sovereign entity is, if anything, the crown, and that's England. So, if any treaty to be done, it has to be done by them. Absolutely, absolutely, and and in fact, you know, Mary Ann was actually actually made the comment. Mary Ann McKay prior to this interview, I don't, you know, Mary Ann McKay from WA, she's done yeah, some wonderful yeah. work, and she was saying the same thing that you know um, you can't have treaty with an illegal government. But what I find really interesting that you were saying before, Vicky, was about how you were saying that the state government doesn't have any any sovereignty. How can we? Um, how can we ensure that there is sovereignty? Well, I wouldn't be worried about them having sovereignty anyway. They just don't. Mm. Um, but it, it has to be recognised that we do have sovereignty. And it's, well, I, I'd say it's an insult that they should even come to us and say, oh, well, look, we'll, we'll offer you a treaty because they don't have the authority to. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, certainly not. And and so, neither does the federal government, as you say, but um, the state government most certainly doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that things should be done on a federal level. Things should be done on an international level. Okay. 
Okay. We, we have to, oh, well, in my view... In your view, yep. ...should actually bypass this government all at, uh, altogether um, because they are not sovereign entities. Yep. The Governor-General might be as a representative of, of the Crown, mm-hmm. but... Um, but otherwise, we're we're treating with people who who don't have the capacity or the authority to treat with us. Absolutely, absolutely. And our and our sovereignty, it will get um, overridden by all these things, by these treaties um, that actually don't aren't worth the paper that I'm assuming they'll be written on. Yeah, it's 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 quite a mess, isn't it, Vicky? It's a huge mess, but it it could be so easily um, sorted. <laughs> it could be sorted, couldn't it? Yeah, it's it really, um, it might be a mess, but it's quite simple, the, the concept. How can it be sorted? Well, the government, this illegal government, has to say, well, okay, we don't have the capacity to treat with you. We, we are not, we cannot be... A legal government in this country, because of the sovereignty of Aboriginal people, um, yeah, they have to recognise that. And if they do want to treat with us, when they do recognise that, it must be done through the Crown. Okay, d- talk, let's talk about that. Okay, so done through the Crown. So let's continue. Well, this is a Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, the government is governing for the Crown. Okay. So they're, you know, despite the illegality of that situation, um, that's how it is. Yeah. So if we have to, if they want to enter into treaty processes with us, that's how it has to be done. Our sovereignty has to be recognised at an international level um, by the Crown, and that's when the treaty processes can start. But I, I don't see any point otherwise, to be perfectly honest. And um, how do we ensure that all the language groups and all the elders, all the clans are, are included? That's, that's a, a trickier one and will require, I imagine, a lot of organisation and um, communication between the clans. Not impossible, but um, certainly time-consuming, I'm thinking. Yeah. But, yeah, it it has to be done in that way because there's all the different nations that will need to be um, represented. For sure. So, Vicky, I'm so glad that you, you were able to come onto the program to talk about that, and we were wanting to speak to you last week, and it's all, and, and you nearly you nearly lost the opportunity today as well. So we, I know, I know. <laughs> Determination. <laughs> no, this is this is all good. It's approximately four forty three, and we're interviewing Vicky Roach about sovereignty. Now, I know this this we, we didn't discuss this off air, but I'm wondering, could you give us a little bit of an update about um, your work with with prison ab- abolitionist abolition stuff? Uh, well, there's a lot of things happening in that area, um, as you know. I'm more interested in abolition than reform. Yep. 
Mm. Um, in fact, I'll be speaking at the Sisters Inside Conference, actually I'm on a panel um, in November up in Brisbane this year. Yep. And that's what the focus will be up there is imagining abolition, um, which is also a conversation we need to have that's as it, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quite clearly, incarceration doesn't work and we need to be looking at, at Abolishing prisons. <laughs> yeah. And and putting in supportive programs to replace that. Yes, although I hesitate to say replace. Well, not replace, but you know what I'm trying to say. We, we need to yeah. actually get supportive programs, innovative programs that the government government spending certainly isn't gearing towards um, housing and, you know, helping people with counselling and all that type of stuff. That's, that's all no, I well, meant. the government's policies are all geared towards punishing people for being poor. Yeah, and there um, needs to be preventative measures. There needs to be housing. There needs to, to be um, proper health care, mm. uh, proper education that isn't just teaching kids to think white, as Tony Abbott would have us think is a good thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't he say that it was all bush? When people came here, it was all bush. Yeah, yeah, the old white saviour business, yeah. <laughs> the old what? What was that? The white saviour. That's okay. a good one. Yeah, we would have just been sitting in our teepees sharpening our boomerangs if the, if the white man hadn't turned up to save us from our heathenness. But that's what they said to me in Year 10, you know. At school, they they said, "Oh, there's there's Aboriginal people, and they started it. They threw the spears first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, spear and a gun. Oh, different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Vicky. Sometimes you've got to laugh, otherwise you go crazy. I think. Yeah, it's a pretty sad world. Now, I did this with Marianne, and I do this with all with all um, Aboriginal. Indigenous people, um, I wanted to know what land you're from, just so that listeners can work out where you're from. Uh, you and country, my yeah. mum's from, um, which is south coast New South Wales, heading into a little bit into Victoria too. But yeah, yeah, that's my mum. And are you still writing, Vicky? Trying to. Um, bit of a writer's block at the moment, a bit overwhelmed. With, with so many things that need to, I don't know, that need to be written about, that need to be talked about, that need to be um, changed, fixed, made better, and so little time. Yeah. Are you doing poems, poetry? Occasionally. Um, poetry is something that just uh, it comes to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be a moment a moment in time that just kind of strikes me as something that needs to needs a poem. <laughs> <laughs> Where can listeners get access to your, your articles if, if they want to read your writing? Um, most of my stuff seems to be on uh, Blackwoods. Um, oh, what's it called? Auslet? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And they've got a Blackwoods. Um, section in there uh, and a lot of my poems are in there fantastic good on you Vicky look thank you so much and, and tell us about the quickly before you go the panel that, that's coming up or is that not being advertised yet 
Um, no, well, it's just been advertised. Um, I, I know it's about prison abolition, imagining prison abolition, but um, I don't know what I'm thinking about yet. Yeah. That's all right. I'm on a panel, so it'll be... And they, they're different academic, different people from the prison um, abolition movement? Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that when it's closer to the time. Vicky, thank you so much yeah, for coming. Yeah, program, program only went up a couple of days ago. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. But but it's I, I just wanted listeners to understand that, you know, you've you've been involved with prison abolition because I know that's something that's very close to, to your heart, certainly close to mine, that we, that we do need to... Um, to, to build the movement to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody and to stop the over-incarceration of, um, of, of Indigenous people. Uh, that's for sure. And stop incarcerating 100% Indigenous children in the Northern Territory. Absolutely. Even I was shocked. I know. It's, it's, there's a lot of work to do. There certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vicky, thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And we were finally able to have Vicky Roach um, on the line um, to, to talk about various issues, um, including um, looking at prison abolition and looking at sovereignty. And um, I'm not sure. I might be able to put in – we might have room for one more song. Do you, you think, that. Other, the one you just played. How okay. Monica. I'll just have a look at that. So that that particular song is called "Spy Versus Spy," and um, we'll put that on. It's been um, pretty intense, so listeners might want to have a break and have a cup of tea. Don't go away. We'll be back. And you're back with the Doing Time Show, and I believe Peter has got a special announcement in regards to this song. Oh, that was "Spy Versus Spy." Um. The, um, the song was called "Don't Tear It Down." Uh, the the guitarist Mike, Michael Whaley um, mm. passed away um, this week, last week. And our condolences to the family. A song from the nineteen eighties, a band from the nineteen eighties, around when Midnight Oil was around as well. Beautiful. It's approximately four fifty-four, and we've got about three minutes left of the show. And I wanted to, on behalf of the Doing Time Show, thank all our guests for coming on. Um, first up, we had um, John Dowd from um, New South Wales. He's the president of the Community Justice Coalition. And then we had um, Marianne McKay from WA. And we had um, Vicky Roach from New South Wales. And uh, quite an eventful interview there. And we finally were able to hook her up, which is, um, which is pretty cool. So we'll be going out very soon with our... Um, our song Black Fella, White Fella from the Rumpy Band. Um, but we, before we do, I'll just go into um, a very, very quick announcement and then we'll say our, our goodbyes. The Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne is continuing its Stop Failing Our Kids campaign until this year's Victorian state election. We're asking people to sign an online petition and to send postcards to Premier Daniel Andrews, calling for his government to abandon plans to build a $288 million youth prison at Cherry Creek. We want that money directed to culturally appropriate programs to address the underpinning issues rather than incarcerating children. 
for more information and to sign the petition, visit Istra Melbourne's Facebook page. Postcards are available at 3CR and locations listed at istramelbourne.com. Premier, it's time your government stopped failing the kids. Istra Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show. It's approximately 4.56 and I deliberately played that announcement again because it's really important. As Vicky said, you know, so many kids are being locked up in the Northern Territory and all over Australia, really. Um, We've got Beyond Zero coming up next and um, we have a minute left before we finish our show. And it's goodbye from Marissa. And Peter. And we'll be... um, Back at the same time next week, every Monday, in fact, for the Do and Time show from um, 4 or 5 um, p.m. And remember that it's Daylight Saving next weekend. All right. <laughs> so, um, Blackfellow, Whitefellow from the Rumpy Band, take care of each other and um, stay strong and keep up the good work. Bye. <laughs> 